You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Our episode today talks with Susie Bear Collins, Interim Artistic Director of the Omaha Community Playhouse, which was founded in 1924. Susie has a theater degree from UNO and is a director, actor, and dialect coach. She has worked in the local theater community for almost 40 years, with much of her career at OCP, which has lasted in some capacity for almost 30 years. She has worked in other local theaters and has also worked in television. She was the 2020 recipient of the CPAC's Alumni Award from UNO, and in 2014, she was the recipient of the Nebraska Governor's Arts Award for Outstanding Artist. She has also won awards from Omaha Community Playhouse during her long career, some of them more than once, the Mary Peckham Award, the Fonda McGuire Award, and the Trustees Award. Susie takes us through their season and brings every show description to life. You'll not read it this way anywhere. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And I'm Sherry Berger. And we are here today with Susie Bear Collins, the current uh, interim creative director over at the Omaha Community Playhouse while they search for their permanent uh, the uh, entertainment director. Susie, thank you very, very much for joining us this morning. Hi, Chris. Hi, Sherry. It's a pleasure. Nice to see you, or sort of see you. Yeah, well, yes, we can sort of see each other. <laughs> right. It's really yeah. nice. Uh, it's nice to see you. And um, you are, of course, uh, taking over uh, the the interim uh, creative duties over at the Omaha Community Playhouse. Right. I'm the artistic director. I've been in this position as interim since January. So, okay. A little bit before that, but officially since January. And we are now in the process of, you know, our artistic director search. Yes. Um, which is, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a big deal. It's, a, yeah, it's a huge deal. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, we have a season that's going to kick off on the 20th of August. Yeah. Yes, cool. indeed. And you are, uh, you are in fact, kicking it off with Dear Jack, Dear Louise. Uh, you are, in fact, directing that one. That's right. It's a, it's a wonderful romantic play by Ken Ludwig, who people might know as the author of Lend Me a Tenor and other farces. Yes. But this is like his own sort of love letter to his parents who over a period of four years during World War II, they were introduced to one another by their parents through correspondence and they had every intention of maybe meeting, but it was the war and it went from 1942 to 1945. They wrote only letters for four years before they ever met one another in person. Uh And um, so he was inspired by some of their letters. He saw very few because his mother thought they were too personal and she burned them. uh, Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So he wrote this play. um, It's a little bit reminiscent of, I don't know if you know the play Love Letters by A.R. Gurney, but it is, they only speak in terms of letters, but unlike Love Letters by A.R. Gurney. Um, uh, Ken Ludwig's play has these people up on their feet. She's in her world, in her rooming house in New York City. She's an aspiring actor, dancer, and he's a medical officer with the U.S. Army in Medford, Oregon. She'll eventually go on tour with a show called Hell's a Pop, and he'll (laughs) go overseas uh, and be in the third wave, the third day of D-Day, and Mm. set up an evac hospital. So 
Hmm. It's nostalgic. It's funny. It's charming. They are unique individuals, but they tell a story that unbelievably is so common. You know, every time I bring up this show, somebody says, yeah, my parents or my grandparents, or here's where my dad served during World War II. And this is what my mom did during the war. You know, I have my own story. So I think yeah. it'll speak to a lot of people. It's, yeah, it's excellent. cool. And they, so in the play and in the real life, they actually met on VE Day okay. in Times Square. Oh. That's the first time they see each other during the Victory in Europe celebration. Wow. I mean, you couldn't write a better script. No, than that. no I was going to say, sometimes real life is, is, is better than fiction. It's, it's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's absolutely yeah. true. It's way better absolutely. than Match.com days, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, this was, you know, this yeah. was early texting, right? Yeah, it really was. Yes, yeah. yes, called letters. Um <laughs> Okay, so you are kicking that off now. The next, and that is, and that is, of course, that is going to run August twentieth to September nineteenth, right? Uh, and then we have uh, Agatha Christie's Murder on the Orient Express. That right, unusually, uh, uh, that's also written by Ken Ludwig. I would say that's been adapted yeah. to, for the stage by Clint, Ken Ludwig. Yeah, Anthony Cart Kazmarek yeah. is directing that one. Anthony, yeah. yes, and he just announced a really spectacular cast. Yes, they I have their first that. read through tomorrow, actually. Excellent. Um, but Ludwig was approached by the Agatha Christie estate. There, there are, of course, at least two films of Murder on the Orient Express. Sorry, oh, yeah, that's yeah. my That's uh, all right. <laughs> uh, but there is no play. And the estate wrote to Ken Ludwig and say, you can oh, have your pick of any of Agatha Christie's novels to create a play. And he picked Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, yeah. So, that's very cool. Yeah. So uh, yes. it's cool because they wanted to find humor in the play, and he's the guy to do it, you know. Hey. And it's also still a great mystery. And for the Omaha Playhouse to create a um, an Art Deco train, a yes. beautiful oh. 19th hour site. It'd be really beautiful. Cool. Yeah, wow. I'm excited about that. Neat. That, and that's yeah. September 17th through October 10th. So right, right after. Right, the Hawk Theater, the larger theater. Okay. Um, and then in October, we're going to open a show that we did long ago in 1992 that I was in with Jerry Lange. Oh, um, it's Jerry. Called... <laughs> <laughs> it's called The Mystery of Irma Vep. And if you think about your anagram abilities, Irma Vep is an anagram for vampire. Oh, it's written it sure by is. Charles Ludlum. Charles Ludlum in the 1960s had a sort of underground, unique theater company called Theater of the Ridiculous. And it was a place where drag performers sort of reigned as it. In, in shows that often he would write. Like he was famous for playing Camille in this sort of campy version of, you know, the Lady of the Camellias. Okay. And he wrote The Mystery of Irma Vep for he and his partner, Everett Quinton. Um, and it will be cast by either two men, two women, one man, one woman, but they both play both genders. And it is an incredibly fast, quick change show. So oh, the maid no. Jane can say, oh, I see the master coming now. <laughs> and then she'll go off stage and in two seconds she comes back in, but she's now the master dragging a dead wolf. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's a send up of a Hitchcock movie called Rebecca. 
where the new young wife comes uh, and has to kind of live up to the reputation of the first wife. Okay. It also is every vintage mummy movie, vampire <laughs> movie really? you've ever seen. Neat. It's Victorian melodrama. It's high camp. And it has, I promise you, some of the worst puns you'll ever hear. Uh, <laughs> excellent. That sounds yeah. wonderful. Yeah, it's it'll be a lot of fun. It's directed by Jim McCain. You say Jim McCain is the director on this one. Yes, indeed. Yeah. He most recently directed Fully Committed, which was a show that yes. was on the Playhouse stage at a time that we needed to laugh. And he, mm. he and Josh Payton really helped yes, us. Yes, Josh. Aww. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. And that that runs October 8th through November 7th. That's right. And then right. coming up November 19th through December 23rd, as always, good old Christmas Carol. <laughs> and are you, yeah. uh, you are taking the directing duties on that? Yes. We're one yes. of the directors anyway. Um, we're bringing in a team of directors for that. Um, yes. This is our 97th year at the Omaha Community Playhouse. And I can't tell you. Wow what year this is for Christmas Carol. Last year during COVID, Kimberly Faith Hickman and uh, Charles Jones's son, Jeffrey Jones, mm -hmm. created an eight person uh, socially distanced version of the show. So there has not been a year we have not done our traditional yeah. production. And we hope beyond measure that we can do a full, at least a much larger cast of nice. Christmas Carol nice. on the main stage. and bring it all back and yeah um, that's a that's a that's such a great thing it's such a legacy here you know i i work with kids uh, in that show who play tiny tim or one of the young cratchit children and then later on suddenly mm -hmm. they show up again and they're playing you know the young uh characters like topper and lucy and yeah. um yeah. you know when Dick Boyd was still alive and he was about to approach his 40th year playing Scrooge, he had a luncheon where all of his former Tims came and, ah. and, and came to the playhouse, those that could come. And these are grown men with yeah. kids. Yeah, sure. How neat. Oh, yeah. How neat yeah, yeah, and Chris, you've invested in that show, certainly. Uh, yes, so, I got a few years in there. He uh, lives yeah. for it. And it's, lives uh, for yes, it. I, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I really have, and uh, and and we shall see if uh, if I am back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made you've made great contributions. So well, yes, yeah, it'll be great to see you. Tons audition. of fun. It's it's. Yeah, I mean, how, it's it, an Omaha tradition. It, it is. Really is. How, how can you say no to it? Mm -hmm. So uh, mm -hmm. now, Christmas in my heart is a concert featuring uh, uh, Camille Moton. Uh, yeah, which is November 26th to December 23rd. So running about a month as well. And that's in the Howard Drew Theater. Right. Camille is a lot of things. Camille Matoyer Moten is a member of our board of directors, but she is primarily known in Omaha as an exceptional, accomplished, virtuoso jazz singer. And um, she last year sort of uh, invented this show that is some contemporary, some traditional uh, sort of rearranged for a jazz combo um, musical concert that we were hoping to open in the Drew Theater. We ended up only streaming it. Um, but so now we have another chance this year to actually make a nice sort of cabaret setting in the Drew Theater cool. and have Camille and four musicians and she's going to have three guests with her that will also serve musically to enhance the show. I think it's going to be awesome. I, the virtual one was beautiful. 
Yes. Oh, good. I saw yeah. yeah, she's something special. Yeah. That's for sure. She's done so much for the Playhouse. Yeah. And then we have uh, one coming up. Uh, we got January 21st to February 13th. Uh, Bright Star, which got, got moved. <laughs> and uh, this was... so many people that... We're, that are in that. Yes, I know. So ridiculous about people. That this is the one that's written and composed by Steve Martin and Edie Burkell. Isn't that cool? I know. I'm dying to see this thing. Yeah, he's an exceptional bluegrass musician himself. You know, and uh, this show is, you know, it's unusual to have a music piece of music theater that is so steeped in bluegrass music. Yes. Um, it's spirited. It's graceful. It's um, um, you know, like you said, it was three and a half weeks into rehearsal when COVID had to shut it down yes. and we put it back on our season, much like we did Murder on the Orient Express. And uh, I was helping with some of the dialect uh, challenges in that show because it's North Carolina. And I thought the Playhouse production was full of promise then when I saw it in rehearsal just a week before it was shut down. Um, it's inspired by a true story that concerns a woman at two different parts of her life, two different points in her life. And the first one is like 1923. She's this wild young girl growing up in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And the second time in her life, and they go back and forth in time, is 22 years later when she's become a well-to-do magazine editor in Asheville, North Carolina. She shares a mysterious connection with an idealistic young man that uh, is a huge part of how this story works. So I'm not going to tell you anymore. It's a nostalgic tale of lives that are torn apart and made whole again. Oh. It's really beautiful. And Roxanne Walk is just doing a spectacular job with this show. You know, and yeah. people like Roxanne and Anthony, who've been had these shows in their brains for so long. Yes. It's only going to get it, better. It's only going to be like fine wine by the time it opens. I know. You know? It's only, yeah, going to make, yeah, to serve to make it so much better because they are just, yeah. I'm sure, busting to do it. That's so mm -hmm. great. Um, and that again. is Bright Star. Now, you, yes, you are from on February 11th to March 13th outside Mullingar. Mm -hmm. uh, which is by John Patrick, uh, is that Shanley or Shanley? It is Shanley. John Shanley? Patrick Shanley might be best known to you as the author of Doubt. Oh, yes, um, indeed. Okay. Uh -huh. That's and why so this, name. often he writes about America, you know, and his world, but um, his family is from Ireland, rural okay. Ireland. Right. And this is sort of his tribute to that world. Um, outside Mullingar uh, was also part of last year's season and was canceled before casting had even started. Okay. Um, okay. The play focuses on two 40-ish year old people, Anthony and Rosemary. They're both introverted. They're both kind of misfits. Anthony has spent his entire life on a cattle farm in rural Ireland, and he is painfully shy. And that suits him just fine. He loves being outdoors. He loves his work. He's a loner. Rosemary has lived right next door to him all her life. And since he pushed her down on her birthday, she's been determined to marry him. She's been madly in love with him. But as the years slip away, she has every reason to think they may never be together. Mm. Now, there's something really artful. There's something kind of poetic. There's something sort of magical about this story. It's very Irish. It finds these yearning, eccentric, young, well, middle-aged people, which is cool, fighting their way toward their own kind of happiness. 
It's heartbreaking. It's funny. It's moving. Outside Mullingar sparks the hope in everybody that it's not too late to take a chance on love. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. That sounds really touching. Yes. It's a four-person play, which will be fun. It's Ooh. in the Drew. It's kind of right around Valentine's Day. I would say, yeah, you're hanging right around Valentine's Day. Yes. Yeah, yeah we, uh, we've loved this play for a long time. You know, the Playhouse has a kind of process through the play reading committee where they select their seasons. And it's been on the burner forever. We've loved it. And we've never had a season for it. Okay. So now we do. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Now coming up March 4th through 27th, The Color Purple. Of course, based on the novel. Yeah. Uh, that's directed by Catholic, uh, excuse me, Kathy uh, Tyree. Uh huh. Kathy Tyree made her Playhouse directing debut, not her directing debut, but at the Playhouse, she directed the most recent uh, show that's been on stage there, which is Ain't Misbehaving. Oh, okay. which that's was right. an incredible, incredible musical tribute to Fats Waller with an outstanding mm. cast. It was just excellently done. Kathy was slated to be a co-director on The Color Purple, again, back in 2020, before everything shut down. Sure. That show was cast, and they were in music rehearsals when COVID hit. So um, they, uh, the play reading committee kind of vowed, we're not going to let this one get away. Uh, yeah. Alice Walker won the Pulitzer Prize for The Color Purple. As you know, it was a film yes. uh, that Steven Spielberg made with Whoopi Goldberg. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, the musical started on Broadway with big sets and, you know, kind of Broadway style. But then there was a, a revival of it that just simplified everything. And it, I saw it in Lincoln on tour. It was outstanding. Okay. Anyway, it's uh, an ex a story of the American South and it spotlights the character Seely. Mm -hmm. who is a downtrodden young woman who experiences a personal awakening over the course of 40 years. The score is jubilant, features jazz, ragtime, gospel, African music. At one point you go to Africa in this musical mm, and blues neat. story of hope, testament to the healing power of love and a celebration of life. Marcia Norman wrote the book for this. She, uh, she was the author of the book of secret garden um okay yeah and okay. also in her own right she uh yeah. wrote like getting out i think okay yeah. all right i love secret garden all right the color purple yeah uh that'll be all right More now sure. we have uh april 15th to may 8th this is 2022 of course we're talking about the gibber right. on the hawks main stage uh no director right. attached to that yet yeah, we wanted to save some space for our new artistic director to kind of have a, <laughs> an opportunity to direct. So we're kind of leaving that open right now. Excellent. Um, it's a stage adaptation of a book, a novel that is often written, writ, uh, read in junior high. Um, it's uh, Eric Cobble's adaptation of Judith Lowry's 1993 novel, dystopian novel called The Giver. It was a book for young adults. It won the Newbery Medal in 1994. It's often found, as I said, on those middle school reading lists. Yeah. The story is about this boy. He's 11 years old, and he lives in a future society. Maybe not so future. <laughs> yeah. In this situation, the, the citizens of this world have no memories of 
anything in the past. And there's only one individual, and he's known as the receiver of memory. And so he holds on to all the memories. There are reasons that they do that. At first glance, it seems like this is an ordinary world. But in this society, citizens are not given freedom or choice. The elders of the society believe that without choice, they can prevent negative elements. They can prevent war. They can prevent poverty. And this young man, Jonas, 11 years old, is going to turn 12 years old. And on anybody's 12th birthday, they will receive the information of what their future will be, okay, who they will okay. be. Okay. And he becomes the new receiver of memory. And so that requires him to work with an old man called the giver. And every day, the giver bequeaths to Jonas all the joyful, the violent, the passionate, the painful memories of the time before when people were free to be human. Wow. Uh, it's, hmm. it's eerie. It's science fiction, kind of, you know? It's, yeah. Uh, so it was yeah. a film. I think Jeff Bridges played the, the receiver of memory. Um, I don't remember much about the film. I did see it, but I can't tell you any more cast members or anything. Okay, I did. Um, I did read the novel, um, not in not as a junior high kid, but I just got interested and read it. Sure, it's great. Oh, yeah. Wow. All right, The Giver. That sounds wonderful. That sounds really neat. Then we yeah. have uh, uh, May sixth through June fifth, twenty twenty two, in the Howard Drew Theater, Stick Fly, by Lydia R. Diamond. Lydia R. Diamond is like a very up and well more than up and coming she's an incredible playwright she recently has a show that's being done at several theaters um about the first um black female baseball player in the negro league i'm i'm gonna blank right now on the name of the play but uh, um, the, you know i i read stick yeah. fly i read the name lydia r diamond and now i'm seeing her name everywhere yes. um, this story, um, it's an unusual title, and you'll find out what the title refers to in the play when you see the play, but it takes place over a weekend, and an affluent black family is gathering at their home in Martha's Vineyard, and two brothers in the family each bring home their respective girlfriends to meet their parents for the first time. And one young woman is an academic who struggles to fit into the family's upper crust lifestyle. And the other, a white woman, is a self-described wasp and seems to fit in much more easily. And joining these couples are their demanding father, Joe, who's been widowed, along with Cheryl, who's the daughter of the family's longtime housekeeper. So there are a lot of secrets between all these people. Mm -hmm. The female guests are arguing over issues of race during the play. They talk about privilege. They spark long-standing family tensions that reach a boiling point when secrets are revealed. But it's it's like a family drama, you know. It's it's funny. Yeah. It's um, surprising. It you know every once in a while I was reading the play for the first time I'd go, oh! <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. So um, that'll be a great that that'll be a great. Um, yes. We haven't assigned a director to that yet either. So okay, yes, know. and that is to be announced as well. Yes, sounds like a right. very realistic story. It is. <laughs> yeah. I think it might be, and yeah. I think a lot of people will relate to some of the issues that happen yeah. inside this family, regardless of their 
race or ethnicity or anything. You know, it's right. it's it's what happens in families sometimes. Right. Sometimes we don't want to talk about it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, finally, I was in saying, the theater, yes, Kinky Boots. A bland is directing this, which I was, bomb. which I was happy to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yes. Kinky Boots. You might remember the film. Yep. Yes. Um, but the musical was written by Cindy Lauper. Wrote the music. And uh, Harvey Firestein wrote the book. Yes. Uh, Four-time Tony winner, Harvey Firestein. Yes. Uh, Kinky Boots itself, I think, got six Tony Awards, including Best Musical. Yeah, I got a bunch. Yeah. A joyous score. It, You know, it's nothing like Hairspray, but there's something about the jubilance of, of just letting people be who they are, kind of a theme that runs through Kinky Boots that's just so appealing and mm -hmm. uplifting. Um, the story is about a fella, a British guy named Charlie Price, who has inherited his father's failing shoe factory. And he's trying to stay out of bankruptcy. And he happens to find inspiration in a strange place. Uh, and he finds inspiration in Lola, who is a fabulous entertainer in need of some sturdy stilettos. Uh, she's a drag performer and she doesn't, she's really frustrated by her shoes. And they work together to turn the factory around and they find they have more in common than they ever dreamed possible. They discover that when you change your mind about somebody, you can change the whole world. Yeah. Kinky yeah. Boots is full of opportunities at, for the Playhouse to flex its, art, um, its artistic muscles, elaborate costumes. Imagine the boots alone. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Exhilarating choreography and a moving and powerful message that says sometimes the best way to fit in is to stand out. Yeah. Um, I, I saw this play in New York. Um, the National Theater uh, had a, you know how they have uh, National Theater Live. Mm. I think I saw it there, or maybe it was through PBS. Anyway, I saw it in a movie theater. Oh, okay. Um, it's wonderful. Yeah, so in this whole season, well, we're not quite done yet, are we? We have respect. The very last one is uh, is respect. That's yeah. from June tenth to the twenty sixth in twenty twenty two in the Howard Drew Theater. Yeah, right. So respect is sort of being invented as we speak. Uh, okay. Omaha Playhouse music director Jim Bogus is assembling music of the fifties, sixties, seventies. It will feature six women, um, and you know. You can kind of guess by maybe the name of the show that it's just going to be this tribute to women in rock and roll. Wonderful. Uh, cool. I, I don't think I can announce yet who the director is. I'm sure it's finalized yet. Okay. But, uh, yeah, okay. uh, that's really exciting. And they'll have auditions for that show soon. So this season has three new plays. Yeah. And it brings back a comedy chestnut from 1992. And it's going to reboot five titles that were cut down before they had their chance to yes change. and yeah. put those back on the schedule yes that's great yeah it's a heck of a season and there's a lot of neat stuff and um gosh you got your hands full yeah <laughs> <laughs> good luck to you <laughs> but uh and uh and uh i'll say good luck and break legs on uh because you have the first one out Right. On, on uh, Dear Jack, Dear Louise. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure you guys are just uh, in the thick of rehearsals and just 
pretty much ready to show it to everybody almost. Yeah. I, 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 I can't be done quite with this conversation without talking about the staff, uh, the apprentices, the volunteers that work with the Playhouse. Um, there'd be no way that all this could happen. Yeah. You know, this is a lot of stuff. It's almost every month mm -hmm. we are opening a new show. And I, I've been, I was away for, you know, off and on I'd guest direct, but basically four years ish, um, not having a staff role at the Playhouse. And there are new people there now, but there are people that I, I'm just so proud to work with. Um, it's just a pleasure and a, a learning experience and kind of awe-inspiring to see the kind of talent that walks through the door at the Playhouse. And yeah. um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a great honor for me. Well, you're one of those talented people who walk through the door of the Playhouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's all true. <laughs> and, we're, and I know the community is just so thankful to have your expertise. You've, you've had really brought a lot to the community. So Thank you, Sherry. we're thankful That's for you. Absolutely. As always, it's so nice to talk to you. It's so nice to see you. I, I have literally, I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no. uh, it's been a while. So it'll be so nice, especially uh, going to auditions at the end of August. Uh, it'll be nice yep. to see a bunch of folks. <laughs> yeah. We look forward to having you walk through the door again. Chris. Well, it'll be thank nice to so see everybody. Much. And thank you very much for talking with us this morning. Yes. Thank you. My really pleasure. Thank you both. It. Thank you. Yeah. Get some sleep tonight. Okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we will. Yeah, yeah, we will. <laughs> The Omaha Community Playhouse's 2021-2022 season begins August 20th. Go to omahaplayhouse.com for ticket information. Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music for this podcast was used with permission by Screaming Skull Productions. See you next time on the Platte River Bard.